Well, wow, that was a terrific song. It's one of my current favorites. Uh, welcome to Mariner's Church. My name's Paul. I am one of the pastors, and it's great to have you here with us. Uh, one time I was flying to Southern California, and as I was at the gate waiting to get on, it was apparent and clear that there was a, a group of party people that were there. You can always tell party people uh, because of the way they dress uh, for planes. They're always wearing brightly colored Bermuda shorts and Hawaiian shirts, and there were a large number of them there, and they were having fun, and, and it was fun to watch them. And anyway, we boarded and, and took off, and the flight was loud and, and raucous, and, and they were all having a good time. And when we were getting closer to landing, the pilot uh, came on the speaker, and he said the approach might be bumpy. Now, I know enough about pilot speak to know the degrees of bumpiness based on their words. If it's going to be a tiny bit bumpy, according to them, it means you're going to get jostled around a lot. If they say it's going to be a little bumpy, it means you need to hold on to your children and your dentures. But flat-out bumpy means you might die. And this was flat-out bumpy. And all of a sudden, as we're approaching and getting lower and lower, boom, you know, it, it hit us. And if you've been on a plane, you know that feeling. It's just this, 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 this jolt. And, and the plane starts to drop and then go up and then drop and then go up and then go side to side. And it would pitch. We even did a barrel roll, a complete one around. And, and, and now I, get, I get motion sickness fairly easily. And I thought, this is not, this is not, not good. But I noticed the party people in the midst of this, and they were no longer having very much fun. Um, in fact, it got very, very quiet there in the, in the cabin. Everyone was, was hoping we'd not crash and die, and I was feeling so miserable, I was hoping that we would crash and die. Anyway, at, at that time, we were in this washing machine called an airplane, it seemed like everyone got very, very spiritual, you know? Well, I would hear several, oh, God, you know, coming out. I mean, people were all spiritual. We were all praying. We were all confessing our sins. We were all forgiving anybody in our lives forever and ever. In fact, at that moment in time, I was completely untemptable. Satan himself could have been sitting right there in the seat next to me, and I, I would not have budged. And I'm trying to sing the song, you know, Near My God to Thee, because at that moment in time, I felt like I really, really was. I, has that ever happened to you? Anything like that ever happened to you? Things start to happen, and all of a sudden, you become a very spiritual person. You know, um, you start loving everybody. You start promising God Big, big things, you know, God, I will do this if you get me out, out of that. We're in a series that we are calling, He's Still Got the Whole World in His Hands. And it's because in the middle of 2020, and the middle of everything that's going on, which now includes the great Sahara sandstorm that is now hitting our East Coast, believe it or not, God not only has the world in his hands, he still does. He always has. No matter what you're feeling or experiencing, he's still got your world in his hands. There's a wonderful verse. It says this, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts 
and your minds in Christ Jesus. Isn't that a cool verse? I mean, isn't that a great verse? You know, I want that. I, I want a peace that you know, passes all understanding. I want that in my life. Um, okay, how do you get it? How do you get that peace? I read a message by Andy Stanley, a pastor of a church in Atlanta. The points were too good not, not to share. And that's what I want to talk about is how to get that peace. Would you take a second and pray with me, please? Lord God, right now in these moments, um, grab hold of us. Grab hold of our hearts and our minds and, and my, my words. May we grow in understanding the peace that you give us that passes all understanding. And we thank you for this time in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Let me read the whole verse in the Bible. It says this. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be apparent to all. The Lord is near. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving present your request to God. And here it comes. And the peace, the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I mean, isn't that a cool verse? I mean, it's a great verse. Isn't it one you want to post on Facebook with a really cool background? Well, how do I get the peace that passes all understanding? Because it would be nice to have it, you know, right about now, you know. Well, here we go. Here's how to get the peace, Okay. To get the peace, we have to do what it says. And the first thing it says that we need to do is rejoice in the Lord. Now, that sounds very spiritual. Um, but what does it even mean? I mean, what does it mean to rejoice in the, in the Lord? Does it mean that I need to sing these songs that we've been singing? I mean, do I have to really sing it out loud, you know, with my family here? Now, if I were to take out the words in the Lord and put something else in, you would totally get this. For instance, if I were to say, rejoice in your bonus, you would get it, right? You would think about your bonus and you would have great feelings on the inside. Or rejoice in your scholarship. Or rejoice in your promotion. Rejoice in your new puppy. You know, rejoice because Amazon's bringing something great tomorrow. We would all understand that. It would be an emotion we would feel on the inside because our minds are grasping onto something that is so good. It's to focus on the thing to the point where the emotion begins to just kind of wash all over us. So people would say, why are you so happy? I'm starting a new job. I'm getting a new car. I, I have a new dog. I have tickets for the concert. Only it's God. It's God. Same feeling only about God. His love for you, His acceptance for you, that Jesus loves you enough to die for you. He loved you that much. His Son Jesus was given for me. It's really saying you think on it until your emotions are captured by the reality. My emotions are swept up by the reality of the love of God for me. 
in a moment we're going to be singing about how we're a child of God. Yes, I am. I mean, it's a great truth that we're going to be singing. It is rejoicing in God's goodness in our life. Now, warning, you know, warning for this. It's not natural for us to do this. If we want the peace, boy, sometimes I got to start reeling in the rejoicing I put in so many other things and learn to rejoice in God's goodness in my life. This, by the way, is one of the reasons we do sing. And this is one of the reasons why we have a time of worship. It's a reminder to us about the incredible goodness of God. And since, since music and singing is such an emotional experience, what it does is it kind of melds our, our mind and our, our head and our hearts together on this and our emotions. It engages all of us. It's an emotional expression of what God has done. And so when we sing, sing, <laughs> sing. And if your spouse has told you that you can't sing very well, well what? Sing, sing anyway. And that's the first step. That's the first step to peace, is to rejoice in the Lord, to get your mind going there. Okay, it moves on. It says, let your gentleness be apparent to all. The Lord is near. And you read that and you, and you go, huh? You know, what? How does that relate to peace? Well, it's because hard times sometimes make us hard to live with. When life is kind to us, we're happy and kind to others. But when life is a mess, we become short-tempered and crabby. It's just the way we are. And I think, where is the faith in that? If I'm having a bad day, and I become short-tempered and crabby, where's my faith that God's in control of my life in that? I mean, where's the trust in God? And what he's saying here is, don't let your circumstances hijack or take control of your faith. Don't let your circumstances kidnap your faith and take it away. Don't, don't, don't do that. And then he would say this, the Lord is near. Saying God has not gone anywhere. God's not gone anywhere at all. And and on the plane, whether it was bumping up and down or nice and smooth, everybody singing, God is really near. Don't let circumstances hijack your faith. And then he says this: Do not be anxious about anything. And here's where you think, Wow, really? You are really saying that to me? I mean, how many times have you come home, maybe you're just all stressed out about something that's been going on in your life or at work or at school or, or wherever else, and, and, and you've, you've talked to somebody and, and you've talked about what's giving you all this hassle, and they say, ah, don't worry about it. And you say, whoa, that's all I have to do? <laughs> you know, not worry ab about it. Thank you for that incredible advice. Why didn't I think of that? You know, don't worry. Amazing. You know, do you have a song that goes with that that I can just sing for the rest of my time? And you walk away knowing that the person, they have no clue what's going on in your life. But here it is. The Bible says, be anxious for nothing. But he's smart enough to know you can't leave it there. He says, don't be anxious 
about anything. And here it comes, but in every situation, everything, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Every situation means every situation. Marriage, illness, school, work, the virus, your vacation that's going to get canceled, your roommate, future. Now, now, if you read it this way, don't be anxious, but always be praying about it. I think you've missed the meaning of this verse. Because guess what? Most of us do that anyway. In fact, you and your life are, are probably saying, really, I'm supposed to pray about it? What do you think I've been doing the last four months? I've been praying about everything. I've never prayed so much in my life. I, I keep praying and praying and praying. God, send something. Help me. Get me out of this. You know, I've prayed more in the last month you know, than I could ever even have imagined. But he says this, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present. Okay, you got the prayer part, and you got the petition part, okay? You're kind of the same. And the thanksgiving, we know what that means. You give thanks beforehand, and that's all part of the equation here. But let's look at that word present for a moment, okay? Because that's not a prayer word. In fact, it, it kind of doesn't fit really well with those other words. The word actually means reveal, and that's important here. Um, it means let God know, reveal to God. And you're saying, okay, this is not working here. No. No what? He's God. You know, he knows everything. In fact, why do I even have to pray in the first place if God knows everything anyway? Yes, God knows everything anyway, but I don't. In fact, I don't even know what's going on in my mind and my heart half the time. A lot of times I, I, I pray, God, um, I pray for things to work out for me, or I pray for so-and-so. And on the surface, that, that's what you ask. But what God is telling us to do here, what the Bible is saying, if you want the peace, you have to kind of get behind all of that. You have to understand what's driving that. You have to begin to reveal to yourself and to God, what's the real fear that's here? I mean, what's the real fear that's here? What's my anxiety? And when we're filled with anxiety, you dig deep and you present it or you reveal it to God. You know, you understand the uncertainty, the anxiety, and it begins to reveal the deep stuff in us. Because this is when all of a sudden the insecurities and the cracks that we have in our lives and the hidden stuff, it begins to come out. And now all of a sudden we begin to understand what's really behind the drive for us to talk to God. And we can begin to allow God room to work in our lives. My need to feel important, my fear of failure, my fear of the future, my need to be seen a certain way by my kids. What it's saying here is you dig that stuff up. Dig that stuff up and reveal it to God. Dig it up. Can I, can I share an example with you? 
I guess whether you agree with it or not, I'm going to share it, so it doesn't really matter. Um, um, we have these services, you know, and, and, a, and a big concern is that people come. I, I would think pretty much every pastor um, in the world has a concern about that and even a fear that they're going to open the doors or turn on the lights and no one shows up. Um, I know this is the coronavirus time and no one's showing up anyway, but this is before, okay, before when you could actually drive here and get here. And so I would come here maybe on a Sunday morning or I'd, I'd feel something throughout the week and I'd say, God, God, please help people to come. What does that even mean, you know? Help people to come. What does it mean? All of a sudden, God's going to have them at that moment in time, they're just going to you know, wake up and then automatically feel this incredible desire and need to come hear me talk. You know, and all of a sudden they get up and, and, and the wife says, what are you doing? I don't know. You know, I feel a need. I have to go to church, you know. And God helps them because God is helping them to come. God helps the car to get here. God helps them to find a parking place. And God kind of moves, moves them in. You know, is that the way it works? Um, I can pray that. But listen to the way... I should be presenting that to God, or I could be presenting that to God. God, reveal my heart right now. Reveal my fears and my anxieties. God, because right now, the way I'm feeling, I'm not feeling like this whole thing is going very well, and it's fe feeding a lot of insecurities in my life about me. I hate that but it's part of me, and a lot of people coming would sure help me to feel better about myself. Now, as I pray that, do you understand the margin God has now to work in my life? How He begin to, to, to move me this way and nudge me this way and begin to speak into the insecurities and the fears that I would have about my life? And God began, can begin to work now and affirm that I am His servant and it doesn't matter whether this place is filled or sparse. I'm just to commit myself and work hard and leave it up to Him. And then God can reveal to me, Paul, it's not about you anyway. Why can He do that now? It's because I have begin, begun to reveal my deepest insecurities and my fears and my thoughts and my desires and my emotions and why I've got them. Or we could say, sometimes we just say, help my marriage or be with, you know, like sometimes I'll say, God, be with my kids as, as, as they drive, you know, as they drive back home, be with. Well, he's omnipresent, of course he's going to be with. He's personal, of course he's going to be with. But do I want the peace? Do I really want the peace? Because if I want the peace, I have to now present. I have to begin to reveal myself to God and talk to Him as a father, as a friend, and share what's going on in my heart and why I'm praying. God, I'm scared that my kid is on I-5 and if something happened to them, I don't think I could handle life. I don't think I could. Do you see how God can now begin to bring his presence and his peace to me? Do you hear the difference between God be with my kid as they drive down on I-5 to God? I don't know how I would go on
with life if something happened to my child. Do you hear the difference? Do you see how the peace can begin to happen? Of his assurance that his presence is with me, that all things work together for good in life. And it says, And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The word guard means watch over. Stand over like a sentry. Isn't that cool? A peace that God gives beyond understanding. It's going to watch over me. And you pray, and you reveal not just the vending machine request, because God is not a vending machine, just this, 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 and I press A1. I don't just do that. I don't just simply pray, God, give me a good day. It's because I'm freaked out about the day ahead of me. And what I have to do and the tasks I have, it's not just God make me a good dad, but God, I have kids and I need to love them better and set an example and I'm scared to death and I need you to help me have more love to their mom and to them and to watch my life and everything. And I'm afraid, but you're with me and I will trust you in that. And then a peace happens. A peace that it says passes all understanding. A peace that people say, what's the deal here? I don't, I don't get it. And so here, here's the question. In my prayer, do I reveal my deepest, most hidden request to him? In your prayer, do you reveal your deepest, most hidden request to Him. For some of you, getting to that level with God may be where you need to go. You're feeling stale with God and you don't know why, that God is not listening to you, that He's distant. And again, it comes down to a relationship with God. Maybe He's saying, it's time to get closer to me. God is saying to you, it's time for you to trust me with more with more of yourself. Not a rote prayer, a memorized thing. Tell me what's on your heart. Tell me what your fears really are. Let me work in those hidden places. Those fear-filled places. Those places that you've never let me go before. And I'm going to ask that you might pray with me right now and I'm going to start you in a prayer. Let's pray. God, search my heart. Would you just in your heart say that? God, search my heart right now. Search the depths of it. What's your deepest fear right now? Your deepest fear. Reveal it to God. Here's the sentence. God, I'm afraid that. Fill it in. What are you afraid could happen? Do you believe God is there for you in that? If it's loneliness, is He there? If it's insecurity, is He there? Is he?
God, you have given us the privilege of coming to you as Father. And that means that you want us to talk honestly with you. We don't have to sugarcoat anything. We don't have to use these and thous. We don't have to use flowery language to come to you. We can just say, God, I'm scared. I'm scared what this next year at school looks like. I'm scared what's going to happen at my work. I'm afraid where my marriage is going. Because I'm afraid of that, God, help. Help me now. God, I thank you that you love us so much that you provide us with this privilege always to come to you no matter where we are. No matter what we're going through, you understand, you care, and you listen. And may the peace of your presence be with us. And we thank you in your name.